and we're back for I think it's episode 13 so yeah the episode 12 the season preview with the boys just went live about five minutes ago so if you haven't checked that one out please do it's a long one it's two hours long but trust me it is a must listen cutting that shit down to a one minute teaser was literally the hardest thing I've had to do so far in this whole process because there was just so much good stuff and it was just so funny and it was just lots of fun to record but I said in that podcast at the start that I was going to be more consistent over these next few weeks and I hope I'm proving that now because the Toronto Raptors preview will go out tomorrow Wednesday before the Raptors game it shouldn't be a long one this is just going to be like a more in on a more of a focus on the Raptors as obviously the last one was more just like predictions with the boys just laughing around and about the whole league in general. This one will take a more like closer look of what my thoughts are on the season, what would be a successful season for the Toronto Raptors and how that would work. So um, yeah, obviously of course, if you're new to the podcast, follow the page on Instagram, top waffler podcast on Spotify and Apple podcast, the top waffler. Um, yeah, I think that's it. Um, also Podbean, if you want to listen to that app, because they are the podcast host. So we got to shout them out for sure. And, you know, just um, follow the page on whatever or, or don't, whatever makes you happy. But um, yeah, let's get into it. So this season was a bit of a, obviously with the, the pandemic's going to be starting in Tampa until March at least. And then hopefully by then, either the vaccine or some, uh, some, uh, agreements made with the government that allows the Raptors to play their home games out of Toronto but um, that's obviously still a long way away so it's going to be weird watching them play their home games out of Tampa obviously going to be weird again with like either like the lack of fans in most arenas or no fans at all depending on like state regulations and all that kind of stuff um, yeah the East this year got a lot better obviously with Kevin Durant being healthy he's going to make Brooklyn a lot better Kyrie Irving as well with that combination if Kyrie Irving stays healthy. The Bucks um trying to make them take the next step, acquiring Drew Holiday. Boston took a, a big step forward last year, as did Miami. Um, Philadelphia getting catch and shoot players such as Danny Green, Seth Curry, and also the new coach, Doc Rivers. Um, Washington trading for Russell Westbrook, him and Bradley Beal should make for a good combination. Um, Indiana as well, always a dark horse. Uh Charlotte, you never know. Like, obviously, you don't think they'll make the playoffs, but you never know. They're a young team with lots of young players. Gordon Hayward's there now as their, like, sort of veteran presence uh, type of guy there. And um, Orlando's made the playoffs the last two seasons as well. So, you know, you don't know. Um, the East is getting a lot more competitive now compared to the last two years. Uh, where the Raptors slot in with that, I think they're still comfortably a playoff team. So, like, I mean, First, we should probably go through the Raptors offseason. Obviously, drafting Malachi Flynn and Jalen Harris. Uh, Flynn had a great preseason so far, so he's looking like a good pick. I mean, if he could be like another Fred Van Vliet, that'd be great, especially because, you know, Van Vliet's blossomed into this amazing player for us that got his bag this offseason too. I think it was 85 million or something like close to that, but it it was just awesome to see. And, you know, if like we could get another one of those guys like Malachi Flynn to come in and do the same type of thing as like a bit of an undersized guard. That'd be great. And like, you know, maybe he could learn from Fred Van Vliet a bit. Um, what else do we do? Jalen Harris. I mean, he didn't see much of him in preseason, to be honest. I didn't watch much of preseason though. I'd watch like a half and then I'd go study and then I'd watch another half in the next game. And I think the Miami game, I caught like the fourth quarter when we made it close, but then we got blown out. 
but yeah, that's just um, that's preseason, like whatever. Uh, you can't read too much into how players perform. Obviously, the big um, big pieces were the free agency losses more than the additions. So the loss of Serge Ibaka to the Clippers and the loss of Marc Gasol to the Lakers. So we'll start with Gasol. Gasol had a bit of a down year last year. Of course, he was instrumental in the run to the to the championship in 2019 without him playing lockdown defense on Joel Embiid and Nikola Vucevic. Um, like, you don't know what could have happened. And he did his part and offensively. He was hitting his shots for the most part. He struggled a bit against Milwaukee. But, you know, we don't get to that championship without acquiring Marcus Gasol. And that alone is enough as a is enough of a thank you to him, like for his time in Toronto, for what he did for the Raptors, helping us get our first championship. Um, and even like last year, he, he he even admitted to he didn't play as well as he as he could have. Part of it too is obviously the final run from the year before. Uh, then he went to the World Cup of Basketball with uh, Spain, and so he didn't have much of a rest. And obviously, as an older as an older guy, he does need his rest in the off season. So that was a uh, like. Um, like at least he he knew and he admitted he could have done more and he didn't play up to the best of his abilities and when the conversations were with the Raptors about re-signing him he said that he can't be the player that the Raptors need him to be for the position the Raptors are in whereas with the Lakers he can go and he can play 15-20 minutes as as their starting center play 15-20 minutes he'll lose time to maybe Montrezl Harrell later on or lineups where the Lakers are running AD at center but he's at this point in his career, he's more suited to that role, more of a reserved role where he's not relied on as much as he would have been had he stayed here, which is, I mean, it's fair enough. You know, he, he himself said it and it's very rare. You get a player to say that. So like, again, like, you know, nothing but love and respect for Marcus Hall, obviously last year, and especially in the playoffs, like maybe if we got a higher contribution from him, it could have been a different result for us. But at the end of the day, like he, played a lot of basketball in the year prior and um, he owned it himself too. And, you know, we got the championship with him the year before that we wouldn't have got if we didn't have him for sure. Like, I'm not saying he is the sole reason, obviously, but he was a big contributing factor into that championship. And that alone is enough to warrant his stay being a success. And, you know, I hope, uh, and I hope I wish him well with the Lakers. I hope he gets another, another shot at a championship. It'd be nice um, for him personally. And he was just, uh, obviously, like the the celebration with the wine in the parade, that was just hilarious. He seems like a good guy overall, and um, I wish him the best in L.A. It sucks that he's gone from Toronto, but um, it was time to move on. Both sides knew that what they wanted from one another didn't match up in their expectations. So at that point, you just gotta you just gotta take your bags. You gotta move on, and you know. And um, then we go on to Surge, and this one hurt a bit, uh, a bit more. And obviously, so the uh, before free agency, before all this, you know, there's still Giannis on the board as a free agent. And from like the open gym episode two that started off with the clip about how the Raps were trying to draft Giannis and trade up for him, it's obvious that we wanted as much cap flexibility as possible to to try and make that a possibility had Giannis made it to free agency. Unfortunately, he did not as he signed the Supermax with the um, Bucks a few days ago. But that's why... Surge ultimately wasn't resigned. That's the main kind of um, like signifying factor there. But like from what I saw on like uh, Raptors Twitter sources and and um, just like other Twitter sources too, like Woj and Shams was uh, he was offered I think a one year twelve million dollar contract with the Raptors, 
the one he accepted with the Clippers, I think, I believe it's two years, 19 million. So that's like an average annual value of uh, nine and a half million. So he gets one more year and seven more million taking that contract with the Clippers. However, the thing is that's still like weird to me. And this is where I think I might be confused on like what, my, what information I've gathered, but I thought the Raptors could have offered him one year, 19 million. So we could have given him the same amount he got from the Clippers for one year, which would still then result in us having the cap flexibility in the offseason next year if we had the option to make a run at a big free agent like Giannis or someone along those lines, right? But I'm not 100% sure if my facts are accurate there. They could be wrong, but uh, that's what I thought anyways. But like from even from his interviews and his like social media posts after, you could – you could really tell he he did want to stay in Toronto. He embraced the city. He embraced, uh, you know, he embraced it up there. And it sucks seeing him go because, like, uh, just, like, the way he embraced the city and everything and the season he had last year, too, coming off the bench, he accepted his role as a bit of a lesser player to come off the bench and kind of share minutes with Marcus Hall. And it led to the championship, which was great. And even prior to Marcus Hall, him and Jonas Valanciunas shared time at the center with Serge coming off the bench because they realized they couldn't play two bigs together anymore. That's not the way the league is. And yeah, it just like, it sucks that he, that he left. It sucks more though, that he left to the Clippers. Like that's the team that just, you just, you love to hate that team right now, man. Uh, and I hope, I hope they do take away some of the, more of their draft picks because of the Kawhi tampering and the cap circumvention, like the Bucks got their second round pick taken away from them for like the failed, blocked on signing which was considered tampering so like hopefully the league acts on the Clippers and uh, I wouldn't be too I wouldn't like put too much money on them doing anything but hopefully if um if everything goes well that they do act on the Clippers but yeah it's um you know he gets to go play with Kawhi again which is good for him but and you can never fault a player for taking a contract like taking for collecting their bag pretty much right like I I know he had to settle for the mid-level exception but that's still he's making he got one more year security and then seven more million on top I don't know how the state tax works down there compared to how much he would have been taxed in Toronto I'm not sure about California's tax because I know Florida has like relatively no tax and that's like a big um a big feature or not feature what's the word I'm looking for here a big consideration for players when they're signing their contracts and that's why lots of players like in the NHL too will always go to Florida because um, obviously the collection of taxes on your money means you're losing out on a lot of your contract that you signed for but that's a different that's like that's a different uh, topic completely but yeah so Serge goes um, we bring in Aaron Baines you know not a bad not a bad option considering what was left I would have preferred Tristan Thompson but before Serge had signed Tristan Thompson had signed with the Boston Celtics and um but Baines you know he can shoot the three like he shot it pretty good last year that's not sure if that's an anomaly or not but I guess we'll see this year Nick Nurse told him he has free reign to to shoot as many threes as he wants um he sets lots of screens you know he draws him and Kyle Lowry can draw lots of charges together he's a big physical strong dude man he's good he's a good rebounder too and he just seems like a nice guy from his interviews like a nice funny guy and just like uh, a guy you can root for really easily. Uh, DeAndre Bembry was another free agent signing from the Hawks, and um, he's 
got lots of compliments from Raptors teammates and coaching staffs already. Lots of them saying they're happy they don't have to play against him. Says a lot about him as a competitor, that he plays hard and that you don't want to match up against him on the defensive end. Obviously, offensively, there's still a big desire there. But um, he makes good cuts, which is something a lot of our wings especially don't do. So that could possibly get him into the rotation, which we'll be getting into shortly here. So we've gone through Malachi Flynn, Jalen Harris, Aaron Baines, and DeAndre Bembry. Um, there, the losses of Gasol and um, and Ibaka, obviously big losses. Uh, Aaron Baines can fill the role of the starting center. I think he's on a one year with a team option. Could be wrong there, but I'm not sure. I don't have the contract information out in front of me right now. But um, yeah, you know, like it was some some losses, but I don't think it's as big of losses as people are making it out to be. I think people's predictions of the Raptors, they'll, they will be surprised because this will be a good team once again. However, that's not to say other teams in the East have not improved. Obviously, just going around, we already talked about it. Boston and Miami had deep runs that, you know, their younger players are going to mature. The Tyler Heroes, the Duncan Robinsons, the Bam Adebayos, the Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, really, like, emerged as true stars in that playoff run. Um, obviously, Kevin Durant playing a finally, uh, or not even, for like, I don't know why I said finally, but playing for the Brooklyn Nets. Um after a year of recovery from his injuries, if Kyrie can stay healthy, that's a dangerous duo. Milwaukee's obviously going to be good with Giannis and then having Drew Holiday there now too. Uh, Philly, we talked about them. Like we talked about all the teams, I'm pretty sure. I think I'm just rambling on and repeating what I had already said. However, like it's just uh, – I, I don't think you can sleep on the Raptors, but at the same time too, you also have to be realistic. Last year the Raptors get, got a second seed. East was a bit weaker last year maybe a second seed isn't as realistic as we would like it to be. However, I see, I see people putting us in like eighth, seventh spot. I don't think we're there either. I think we're somewhere between. I think we're, I think, uh, so if you listen to yesterday's or today's podcast as I'm recording this, but it came out yesterday. So if you're listening to this, if I'm just going to stop because I'm really confusing probably everyone that's listening to this. But if you listen to episode 12, so the previous podcast, and you actually like you listen through and the predictions too will be posted on Instagram as pictures. Um, I think I had the Raptors at five, I believe I had um, or five or four. I can't remember now, but I had Milwaukee, Boston, then Brooklyn, and then it was Miami and Toronto in some order there. I think that's the top five because I'm not that high on Philly. I think the Raptors are still a better team than Philly with a system that works. And I don't rate Doc Rivers that much as a coach now. And um, I just I don't think Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid can work. I think you have to move one of them. It becomes a different conversation, obviously, if they do end up acquiring James Harden as they are rumored to be the front runner. But like I, I don't think you can put you can you can sleep on the Raptors. The Kyle Lowry is a fucking amazing basketball player, certified Hall of Famer, and that's not, that's undisputed. That's not up for debate. If you don't think he's a Hall of Famer, like you have no basketball knowledge. That's coming from me, who only started watching basketball about six seven years ago. So yeah, like Kyle Lowry is just he is the heart and soul of the Toronto Raptors. He goes as the Raptors go as far as Kyle Lowry goes. And that was shown with the playoffs. He was our best player in that series against Boston. And then he really showed up in that game six too. 
uh, just amazing player. Game six finals from 2019. You can just sing the praises of Kyle Lowry. I hope we re-sign him. I saw like the thing on the Toronto Raptors Reddit. It was like after losing out to uh, losing Kawhi last year, losing out Abaka this year, Gasol, losing out to the Giannis free agency. Because apparently, to Giannis was um, I think it was Sean Spears, Sean Spears Twitter, that said this uh, that if Giannis had gone to free agency, there was a high chance he signed with the Toronto Raptors. But obviously, that is all hearsay. That will nor not ever be confirmed because. Maybe in five years when he goes back to free agency, we'll, we'll see. But for this upcoming summer, nobody will ever know. But hearing that was kind of deflating because it was – everything seemed like, you know, the Raptors had a good chance. But at the end of the day, though, Giannis always preached about how he was a loyal player and how he wouldn't leave for an easy opportunity. And he stuck to his word, so he signed with the Bucks. And so, yeah, then the timeline continues with us losing out to Giannis. And then – it says the worst timeline would be if Lowry and Masai don't come back for next season because obviously both of their contracts are up this year. And that truly would be the worst and darkest timeline. So I hope speaking about it jinxes it and doesn't put it out into existence. However, it's always a possibility. And hopefully Kyle does come back for next year. And hopefully Masai also resigns for long term as well because he's done wonders for this team. So... Yeah, like, um, let's talk about the rotation a bit. So, obviously, the starting lineup is pretty much set in stone, and I don't think it changes maybe apart from injuries. Like, like I mean, sorry, obviously, apart from injuries, it won't change. I think the only person that, like, maybe you would take out for performance-based consideration is Aaron Baines, but that's I, – I don't think you'd thrust our backup center, Chris Boucher, into a starting center spot unless it was for injury-related reasons. But yeah, you'd start with obviously the backcourt of Kyle Lowry and Fred Van Vliet. It was the starting backcourt last year. They work really well together. And then obviously with Nick Nurse likes to run an eight-man rotation. So majority of the time, you will always have one of them out on the court anyways, even though they start together. It's not like Dwayne Casey when he would do the five-man starting rotation and then the five-man bench, like the the bench mob from 2017-18. Nurse likes to keep his eight-man rotation pretty much intact so because it's the eight-man rotation one of Kyle and Fred will always be on the court at all times during the game uh at the small forward OG Ananobi he just got his bag yesterday too it goes four years 72 million so good for him he has the he's already obviously our best defender but he has the potential to be an elite defender like an absolute elite defender man and if he can do that that'd be like well worth the contract. He's a three and D guy. He's starting to expand his ball handling a little bit too. So if he can just work on his offensive game more and just, you know, like if he can hit his potential of being an absolute all-star defender, that's a really good contract for us. And I'm really happy we got him locked in long-term. And then obviously at the start, at the four, Pascal Siakam, and Siakam gets shit on a lot because of the bubble performance and the performance in the playoffs. And like I even said it after in the episodes after the the Raptors got eliminated, like he was he was garbage. He was not he was not himself. But obviously at the time and even now, there's still things going on around the world that are that are bigger than sports. And your head to focus uh, to get your head in in the game and to focus strictly on the game is very difficult. But um, I think uh, I remember at some point in the Miami game last Friday, the last preseason game, he was nine for 16 for three in three preseason games. That was 60% or close to 60%. I'm not sure what he ended off the preseason at. I didn't record it down, but he's still a good player, man. Like 
you can't forget about his pre-bubble run last year. He still made the NBA all second team for a reason. Like he's the first, he is the first option offensively and a a bad stretch in the playoffs isn't going to change that. A bad stretch in the playoffs also isn't going to make him an overpaid bum. Like, no, he is a good player and it's time. Like, you know, like people should realize that. Like I get shit was glorified in the bubble because, you know, um, obviously it had been four months at that point without basketball and every, all eyes are on the bubble, seeing performances in the bubble and like, everything before that just seems to kind of get overlooked, but he made all NBA second team for a reason. Right. And you got to respect that. And you got to understand he's going to have a sick bounce back here. And I'm looking, I'm looking forward to it. And I'm excited to see Pascal's revenge tour. He's going to have a sick year. And it's important that all of us as Raptors fans stay with him too and support him. There's lots of hate from so-called Raptors fans during the bubble and after his bubble performance. And, you got to support your guys, man. You can't be, you can't be turning on your guys like that. Um, yeah. So he'll, he'll be starting at the four and then at the five, obviously Aaron Baines is going to start. And just, that's common sense. You're not going to really start Chris Boucher. Alex Len is your third string center. So Aaron Baines starting and he'll probably play around 25, 30 minutes. I'd, I'd assume um, he can set screens if he can shoot the three and, you know, I think with Kyle Lowry, he'll have a good year, certainly off the pick and roll game. And maybe even the pick and pop, I guess, if he just sets a screen and then kind of backs off on the three-point line, get some more open looks that way too. Uh, not a bad show. And then so off the bench then, so obviously, as I referred to, Nick Nurse likes to run an eight-man rotation. So you're going to have three people off the bench for majority of the time. So the first two are quite simple. Norman Powell, who's our, who with Serge Ibaka was our sixth man last year. Both of them were, I guess you can say sixth and seventh, but like both of them were obviously really – really good and influential off the bench. Um, besides that, then you have Chris Boucher, backup big, and he'll be getting lots more minutes this year. So I wouldn't say, like, break out. I don't think he's that young. I'm actually not sure how old he is. I want to guess and say 27, so I'm not too sure. I'll check after, and I guess I'll see how wrong I was there. But it's not like he's a he's a, wrong, a young rookie. He's more of a, a guy who's going to be getting a greater opportunity now. So we'll see how that works out for him. Uh, defensively, I've noticed he gets a bit too too antsy. He's, he's always, uh, when he has to close out, he's always jumping and falling for pump fakes a lot, which then obviously the shooter then drives in. And because he's not there to serve as a sort of rim protector, they got an easy finish at the rim. Um, and yeah, I think he's only like six nine, anyways. But he can shoot the three, and he's not scared with a shot, and he's not hesitant. He'll shoot and he'll fire at will. So I think we see a good year from Chris Boucher for sure. And then the eighth man, it's between like five guys right now. I'd say um, Matt Thomas, who is obviously a good shooter. Um, he showed in the first uh, preseason game for sure. I'm not sure because I didn't watch too much of the second or third, but. First one, he was showing some good facilitating skills. Obviously, teams, the scouting report will say he's a catch-and-shoot guy, you know, just a, a shooter that you can exploit on defense especially. And But he showed some great facilitation and was passing the ball around and got some good assists on defense as well. He's not obviously the greatest defender. He's a small guy. And you can catch him lapsing a bit. But, um, you know, he's that's the, that's the downside there. But it's not like he's a bad defender either. Like, he's still – puts the effort in, but it's just he's not as great a defender as our other defenders are. Uh, DeAndre Bambry, 
that's kind of the opposite where he's a good defender. He's a good cutter and a good finisher. I wouldn't say a good finisher at the rim. I'm not too sure about that, but he's a good cutter, which provides some opportunities to finish at the rim. He's not that great of a shooter, but he provides hustle and grit. Maybe he can kind of be what Rondé Hollis Jefferson was last year. Um, Then you got Malachi Flynn, the rookie, obviously from I think San Diego was his college. And uh, like I talked about him earlier and he just, he looks like a good player already. And hopefully if he gets that opportunity, like he will inevitably, he will, whether it's due to rest or injury. uh, If Kyle Lowry or Fred Van Vliet, so he's automatically your backup point guard. So, you know, like he will get that opportunity this year. I don't think he'll start the year as the eighth man, but he certainly will get the opportunity to play big minutes at some point this season. And I look forward to that. And I'm really excited about that. Um, Next, Patrick McCaw. I'm not sure if he played at all this preseason, but last year, like I know Nick Nurse was really trying to force him into playing and getting him in the rotation. Obviously, lots of fans weren't happy with that, and they were sending him hate comments. Like, don't do that shit, man. Like, even if you're not happy that a guy's being forced in, don't do that. Like, that's just that's not nice. that's not a nice thing to do. But I'm not sure if he's injured or what. Like, I haven't seen him play any preseason games, so. I'm not sure, but just because of the fact that Nick Nurse likes him and that, like, there's a possibility he could at some point be the eighth man in the rotation. And the last one is uh, just controversial one. It's uh, Terrence Davis, obviously. He has the ability as a player, but um, obviously with the legal issues going on, and I don't want to speak on them too much because I don't know what the, like, the case is really. Like, obviously, it was physical assault allegations and I guess the NBA is working on that first before the Toronto Raptors address it. I don't really know how that situation works, but I know it can get messy if the Raptors were to do something and the Players Association would get in before a legal decision is actually made. So just because of that, like, and because of the fact that he was here last year too, I feel like they would trust him in that role. But um, I guess we'll see how, what happens following like the results of his legal case. Um, and then, yeah, then you got your end of the bench guys, so like Stanley Johnson, who's like, these are just like pretty much guys that'll come in at garbage time. Uh, Alex Len as well, third choice center. Yudo Watanabe, who had a really good preseason impress. Same with Paul Watson. He got his contract, I think. I think both of them are on two ways, as well as Jalen Harris, who was our second round pick. So, like, yeah, um, uh, I'd say probably Matt Thomas and DeAndre Bembry kind of split eighth man at the start of the season here I could be completely off and we could be seeing like TD or you know we could even see Nick Nurse go for a uh, a nine man rotation but I think if you're going to stick with an eight man like you're the f- top seven are locked in I'd say the eighth probably rotates between Thomas and DeAndre Bembry depending on what's needed whether it's offense or defense uh, maybe Terrence Davis or Malachi Flynn gets a chance early and they they kind of assert themselves as solid, solid contenders for that position. But yeah, the top seven's in there. And I think, I think, uh, so like, obviously we lost Serge and we lost Marcus all. So you can say like for the second place finish, Marcus all wasn't that big of a considered like a big factor in the second place finish in the conference. Serge Ibaka arguably had a bigger role coming off the bench, but I think the reason the Raptors will drop from second in the conference this year simply just because other teams around them got a bit better. 
but I don't think they'll drop as far as people say they will either. I, I see them finishing somewhere between third and sixth, if I'm being honest. I don't think they're going to be seventh or eighth, and I don't think they'll be first or second. They'll finish somewhere in that middle range. Uh, I think just like mm, – I don't know how to say this properly, but I think like even though in my predictions I had the Brooklyn Nets finishing third, I do rate them as the best team in the East. And um, – I'd say them and Milwaukee are kind of on like the high tier. And then in the next tier, you got teams like Boston, you got Toronto, you have Philly and Miami. Uh, and then the last tier is, is probably for, of like teams that can make a playoff push are uh, Washington, Indiana, Atlanta, Orlando, those types of teams. So I think the Raptors should make the playoffs. Like I think we should make it quite comfortably as well. Um, I'd be surprised if we didn't. I'd be really surprised, honestly. I think a three to a six seed would not be shocking. It would be entirely in the realm of possibility. Um, I think, three, yeah, like a three six seed in, in the second round appearance would be, I guess, a considered maybe a successful season, realistically, maybe depending on how close the competition is and the fact that we do lack a true superstar. Not uh, and unless Pascal Siakam takes leaps and bounds forward, steps like leaps and bounds forward this year, um, maybe like we would have to be satisfied with a first round exit in a competitive series that goes seven games. But I mean, obviously that's a long way away. We'll know more about that as we progress through the regular season. But as of now, like for tomorrow's opening game, I think there's lots of optimism. There's lots of excitement. Um, there's not many expectations. And I think that's the best way to go about it is to just not expect anything and just enjoy the ride. Like it was a fun team to watch last year. Obviously the year before was a really fun team and that's what would be at Kawhi. So the expectation was there to win. Um, last year kind of didn't know what we were expecting. We just lost our superstar and, you know, it was just fun to be there for the ride. And now this year we lost, um, Two, two good pieces and two instrumental pieces that have helped us to success in recent years. But we've also now witnessed growth from our young players. So I think you just have to kind of be excited and embrace this and embrace what's coming ahead um, and look forward to it. And hopefully Kyle Lowry can, as he referred to, lead his pups to a good season. And, you know, we could be celebrating some more success Maybe not a championship, but like maybe we can get to the second round again, or maybe even the conference finals, depending on how injuries and everything plays out. It's going to be a weird year, man. You're going to have lots of games rescheduled because of COVID. You're going to have lots of players that have to sit out because of COVID. So let's see. How, let's see what happens. Like I'm, I'm cautiously optimistic, but I at the same time I don't know why I'm cautiously optimistic because I don't have any expectations. I'm just watching to enjoy, and I, I feel like this is going to be another Raptors team that is just really fun to watch. As, as last year was. And hopefully, you know, hopefully it leads to some success this year and like some continued success and some continued growth from our younger players. And hopefully it's the same thing. We just all enjoy watching the Raptors play and hopefully it all works out for us this year uh, in terms of like, but like when I say hopefully it all works out, I don't obviously don't mean a championship. I just mean in terms of making sure you're a competitive threat in the East and that your young players are developing, like Pascal, Fred, OG, even Norm, I guess you can go to there. Malachi Flynn can be one to watch this year. It's just going to, there's lots of fun stuff about this team, and it's going to be fun to watch for sure. I'm excited to see how Aaron Baines and Kyle Lowry perform. 
as two of the older guys in the starting lineup. And yeah, just um, hopefully we get them back in Toronto after the March midseason break. Um, I wouldn't say that's too promising, but you never know. So I think we'll wrap it there for this podcast uh, about the Raptors. Just obviously a little bit of preview, like I could clickbait this and just like say Kyle Lowry is a guaranteed Hall of Famer. And I might honestly, I actually don't even know, but that wouldn't even be accurate because I don't talk about Kyle Lowry that much. So probably just say like this, it's the 2020-2021 Toronto Raptors season preview. Um, maybe later this week or early next week. I'm not sure when, because I'll see, I have to see when I can record it, obviously. But we'll be talking about Manchester United. So it'll be kind of like what this was, which is just like a mini episode. I guess I, I think this is like 30 minutes, maybe. Um, so it'd be like the same thing, just kind of talking about what the, the season's been like for United so far and what competitions they're still in, how they're going to perform and just like how they've performed according to my expectations and what my, how my expectations have changed and what I think of the rest of the season going forward. And um, I know they have a League Cup game tomorrow against Everton. So if I'm going to record it tomorrow, it would be after that and then probably come out on Thursday. Or it would come out after um, after Christmas and probably like Saturday or not Saturday, sorry, like Sunday or Monday. But um, that'll be coming out soon. And then obviously with the NHL uh, announcing their return on January 13th, there will be a full NHL season prediction video. And there will also be one where I do like this same type of video, video I don't even know what I'm saying, podcast on the flames as in like kind of as I've done with the Toronto Raptors and then yeah then things will pick up and we'll there'll always be things to talk about discussing just the results of you know the flames the Raptors United and we'll continue going forward it's obviously been a long time since I consistently uploaded anything for the podcast we had a good run going up until the end of October and then I got very I guess I'd say lazy as well as kind of my school priority had to take over and had to allocate more time there but you know we got time now and I'm gonna try and pump out as much content as I can for you guys and then try and get back in the consistent habit of every Thursday but until that happens we'll be doing randomly two to three podcasts or mini podcasts a week and just the normal, if you guys enjoyed, you know, follow the podcast on Instagram, uh, follow it on Spotify uh, and Apple Podcasts, you know, there's any questions you guys want me to address, if there's any like thing you want to talk about or anything like that, or if you even want to come on the podcast too, we could do that. So I'm um, just like message me on, uh, I guess, on Instagram DMs then. And yeah, I hope you guys enjoyed this um, Toronto Raptors season preview. And I'll see you with the Manchester United recap that should be coming soon. Goodbye.